Well, what a hard act to follow. I didn't know you were such a good singer. Wow, I'm telling you, there's so much, so much talent in this community. This is, this is amazing. We just have to uh, engage them. So, uh, is everybody having a good time? Yes. I am, I know I am. It was a fabulous dinner. It actually was delightful, but he corrected me, I should say, awesome. 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 Did his mic stop? I don't think so. Is it on? Yeah, it's on. I'm just not speaking closely enough. Oh, wait. Is it for me? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a test. How's that? It was good. It was a test. It was fast. <laughs> if not, we were getting one. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. So, I thought we would do uh, a short, and I'll promise to be brief, doesn't it? This is not a lecture, okay? I'm going to speak a little bit, and I want you all to speak too. We want to share this. Okay, so this is a sharing. So I expect you, uh, we should have said dinner is afterwards. If you don't have a question or a comment, you don't get to eat. <laughs> uh, too late. Yeah, too late. Nobody nods off. If you nod off, we're going to hit you with a stick. So, we're going to talk about, um, and I like, this is one of my favorite verses, this is one of my favorite subjects. Um, what does actually Krishna want? What does he expect should happen to our relationship? Um, there you go. Okay, so I can see over. Is that better? Yeah. Better for me. Uh, where does Krishna want this to go? You know, when people are uh, with one another and they get to know each other, they both start to wonder, where's this going? You know, is there a future? Or is it just going to be casual? You know? So, uh, if, it's, if it's something that's serious, if you feel seriously about somebody, you wonder. So, then you may have some faith. <clears throat> have faith that this person may be the right person. They may be uh, fabulous. This may be a very good relationship, you see. And I have faith I can feel it. So, uh, we've all felt that way, haven't we? So, when we cast our faith, what's it supposed to do? Bring joy. Huh? Bring joy. Yeah. Good yeah. friendships. But, and, and it's supposed to turn into something. It's supposed to give us a, a return. Faith Love. doesn't just sit out there. Faith turns into knowing. I think you're going to be a great friend. After some time, I know you're a great friend. I think you're going to be a good husband or wife. And then after some time, I know, you see. So when people ask for faith, cast your faith. That's very wonderful, but faith should turn into knowing. Faith isn't something you just float out there and just wait till you die and see if it was the right thing to do. You know? We need a return. We should demand a return of my faith. If I'm going to cast my faith, uh, I want some return. I want to get some knowledge out of this. So what does Krishna say? <coughs> Krishna says, and this is the seventh chapter, first verse. Everyone's familiar with this verse. 
I'm just going to read the English to save time, okay? The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Now hear, O son of Krita, how by practicing yoga in full consciousness of me, with mind attached to me, you can know me in full, free from doubt. Krishna says, you can know me in full if you practice this yoga with mind attached to me. See? So Krishna doesn't say, hey, have faith and see what happens. He says, if you practice this properly, you will get to know me in full. You see, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, uh, remain a mystery. Most people think of God as some mystery. The mystery man. The most famous mystery man of all time. Everyone's trying to figure him out. Everyone has a little speculation, a little bit of belief, a little bit of faith. What we want to do is find someone who has knowledge. Who has knowledge of this evasive character, this mystery man, this God, you see? Somebody that can give us that knowledge. Someone who, who can inspire our faith. And that faith turn into knowledge, knowing God, see? This is the uh, process of finding a guru, you see? So many times people accept a guru because it's fashionable. You know, someone, uh, you may have a guru, and I think, oh, wow, she's got a really great guru, and he's got a guru, so I need one that's even a cooler guru than both of yours. You know, I want a guru that, I'm going to say, yes, well, my guru is Swami Snatch at a Dollar. <laughs> You know? And everyone says, Ooh. Yes, that's right. So, uh, that's uh, useless. You're, you, you're not sincere, so you will not find a sincere guru. And if you are not sincere, and you find a sincere guru, he won't accept you until you get some sincerity. So if you're not sincere, and you're accepted, Swami snatching a dollar will be will happy happy to uh, <laughs> to accept whatever nice offering that you make to him. We've met him, haven't we? <laughs> you see. So you know, for a, for a price, you can become my disciple. Uh, and sometimes uh, it goes on like that. People are are swindled because they want they started out trying to cheat. I'm not really sincere about spiritual life, but I want a guru because it's like I don't want to be the last person on my on my block to have a guru, you know. So um, we look around, we find a guru, and we're not that sincere, and we end up not getting anything sincere. Our faith, whatever little insincere faith we cast, doesn't turn into any knowing. You see, but Krishna says right here that Osanaprita. Uh, by practicing yoga in full consciousness of me. In other words, full consciousness of me. So Krishna is saying what he wants. What does God want from you? You see? Church on Sunday, Wednesday night as well, Friday night choir practice, Sunday evening, you know, what does he want? He wants all of you. He wants every ounce of you. To him, you are so special that he can't stand a minute that you're not focusing all of your attention on him. He is so attached to we, the living entity. 
we have gone away from him looking for something else. We're trying to squeeze some enjoyment out of this material energy. We're searching through this material world looking for this enjoyment, that enjoyment. Let me try this, let me try that. If I only had more money, if I had more money, I could have a better car and I would get a more attractive partner and I could buy more expensive wine, which would get me even more attractive partners. That would be intoxicated. I like intoxicated, attractive partners. <laughs> and then when the wine's really expensive, but it's easy to get them intoxicated. I mean, you see the logic here, right? So, what I need is money. Money, maybe a little bit of fame. Huh? Fame, yeah, that would make it, that would make the whole thing easier, you know? If I was fame, if I was really famous, they may show up and they would bring the expensive wine, right? So if I had fame and profit, I could get adoration and distinction, you see? Fame, profit, adoration, and distinction. These are the four things that drive us to do material activities, you see? I want to be famous. I want everybody to know me. I want it, when I walk through the door, everybody to turn their heads. Oh, there he is. It's, it's him. Well, who is that? You don't know? Oh, well, uh, no, I'm so, oh, boy, you need to get out more. You don't know him or her, you see. With my fame, I can get profit. Uh, with profit, I can get fame. And this adoration, I want to be adored. I want people to just adore me. And distinction. I want to be distinguished. Statues of me would be nice. You see? Name a place or two. Or street after me. Swami snatch at a dollar street. <laughs> huh? You see? So, I'm looking so much for this fame, profit, adoration, and distinction so that I can enjoy. You see? So we're trying to squeeze some enjoyment out of the material energy. And the fact is, we've never seen anybody successful at it yet. It's never happened. There are many people that are far, far above the scale of, of wealth and fame. You know, I keep thinking of Bill Gates, but there's many others. And Bill Gates, incredibly wealthy. Incredibly famous. Everybody, most everybody in the world knows of Bill Gates. And I'm sure there are people who adore him because of the fine wine and you know the whole thing. Uh, and distinction. Look at he started Microsoft. He's, he's got it all going for him, but he's not necessarily that happy a guy. You see? It hasn't worked. Why is it that we think we can do it when somebody like Bill Gates hasn't been able to do it with his fame? and profit and adoration and distinction. Why am I so foolish that I think I can do it? I can get happiness and pleasure and peace out of the material energy. What is it, what is the defect in my mind that makes me think I can do it when so many people in the past have crashed and burned? As a matter of fact, I can't think of anybody that succeeded. Elvis Presley, perfect example. He had fame, profit, adoration, distinction. He, was, he died a very sad man. Very sad. Howard Hughes. I mean, we can go on and on. And on. I mean, the list is how many stars. Uh, it's like that one, uh, I, can't, I don't know their names so well, but this one star that was like on his way up 
He was in the Batman movie. Keith Ledger. Uh, huh? Keith, uh, Keith Ledger. Ledger. Keith Ledger. Ledger. Keith Ledger. Yeah. He had a he had a heart yeah. attack. No, he overdosed on drugs. Yeah, yeah. After he'd had all this success, the whole world was talking about him. Everybody wanted to be near the guy. It looked like it was, he was set up. And the next thing you know, he's in a hotel room trying to squeeze some more enjoyment out of the material energy. And he ended his life when he was very, very young. Was, was he like in his 30s? Yeah, or, no, he was, he was 30, he was like 32 or 33 years old. Like yeah, that. yeah. With everything looking great. Uh, uh, this actress, uh, Halle Berry, tried to commit suicide. You know, she's got so much going for it. You know this? You know that actress? Oh, yeah. Am I saying her name right? Yeah. Huh? Halle Berry. Yeah. 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 Not lately. This was a while back. Yeah. You know, what is this? Why Why are these... Why are these? It's, we're seeing proof again and again. It doesn't work. If they can't do it, I sure can't do it. I don't know about you, but I'm throwing in the towel. I'm not going to try to try to squeeze any enjoyment out of the material energy. Huh? I want enjoyment, so where should I go? To the source of the enjoyment. Where does enjoyment come from? God. He from which all things emanate. Krishna. And some people say, well, you know, I hear you say God and I hear you say Krishna. Why is it you call Krishna or, or God Krishna? What is this about? What's so special about Krishna? And why do you say he's the supreme personality of Godhead? Huh? What's that? Are you trying to say your God's better than my God? Your God can beat my God up? Huh? God is unlimited. Does everybody agree? God's unlimited. In other words, you cannot put any limitations whatsoever on God. So, unlimited means He has everything. There's nothing He does not have. Okay? Which means... If you can't deny him anything, he has to have a form. And he has to have a personality. At the same time, he's unmanifest. He's both manifest and unmanifest. That's another subject we can talk about sometime that's very interesting. So what I'm asking people is which one do you want? Do you want the unmanifest, the energy of God, or do you want the, the manifest? If you want manifest, the, uh, if you want a God that you can see and touch, what kind of a relationship do you want? Now, a lot of people might think, well, I don't know what's available. <laughs> That's an intelligent question. What, what, what could I ask for? We were talking about this earlier. So it's kind of like, I like to use an analogy that if you go into a restaurant, and you look at the menu, and you go down, and you think, whoa, hey, this looks pretty good, you know. Uh, you know, my dear waiter, I'll have this right here, you know. And so he says, oui, monsieur. <laughs> Hope it's not an Italian restaurant when they say that. So anyway, your order comes, it sets it in front of you, and you start to eat. You think, this is pretty good, you know. And you look over, this guy over here, you think, what has he got? That looks fabulous. This is this is fantastic. Wait, waiter, waiter, excuse me. 
what's this guy got? I didn't see. Where's that on the menu? Oh, monsieur, that's not on the menu. It's not? No, he's a friend of the chef. He knew. He's a friend of the... He knew that the chef makes this, so he asked for that. Well, if I had known about it, I would have asked for that. See what I'm talking about? Relationship with God. If I knew that a loving relationship, not a one-sided loving, an exchange of love, a supreme exchange of supreme love, if I knew that was available, I would have gone for that. Not that maybe, you know, the energy thing, I, I don't, it's kind of hard to embrace the energy and, you know, it's not very warm and fuzzy, you see. I mean, it is supreme, and it is there, yes. And it may have some advantages. But can I hold its hand? I want it, now that I know that it's available, I'm not going to settle for anything less. I want a God that I can hug his neck. You see? I want a God that will hug, hug my neck and whisper in my ear, I don't love anybody more than I love you. I want to have that, and I can have that relationship. So now that I know that it's available, I'm not going to take anything less. So, this Krishna is the personality of Godhead that you go to when you're seeking love, a loving exchange. You see? He's not uh, impressed by awe and reverence. He doesn't want you to grovel at his feet. If you want to grovel at his feet and have awe and reverence, Krishna is the wrong personality of Godhead to approach. There are those that you could approach and have that relationship. But it's not going to work with Krishna. Krishna wants to be so close to you that you have to forget that he's God. You see, how close can you get to somebody? How much of a loving exchange can you have if you think that they're God? Isn't it? Can you imagine? It's kind of scary. You know, what if, you know, what if I made this the wrong move, you know? What if I made him angry? <laughs> you see? I mean, you'd kind of be tippy-toeing around, walking on thin ice, as they say, you know? So that's not, I don't think anybody really wants a relationship. Well, there are people who want a relationship like that, you see. Uh, but I don't think anybody here wants that. I would believe from the loving feeling that I feel from this group that everyone would really like to have love more than anything. <coughs> Above and beyond anything. Huh? Because we want the money and all the other stuff, the fame, profit, adoration, distinction, so we can get love. It's the only thing that's really missing in everybody's life. Nobody has truly enough of it. You see? Because we're not having the loving exchange with the, the supreme lover. You see? As soon as you open that door, then it's like a domino process. As soon as you open that door and start to pursue God uh, for a loving relationship, then it just magnifies from one thing to another and it starts to grow. And you start to realize there's no end to this. There's no end to this loving exchange. There's no, uh, there's no limitation. It just expands and it expands and it expands and so many years and so many decades go by and I just realized I've only scratched the surface. You, know, you keep 
thinking, it doesn't get any better. It can't get any better than this. Only to find out in a short time, I was so wrong. It's better. It just keeps expanding, you see. That's the nature of supreme love. It grows and grows. It's out of control. Uh, there's a word, a French word, uh, Amour, amour faux. Is it French or something? It's crazy love. Insane love. I just can't get enough of him. I can't get him out of my mind and I don't want to. I refuse to think of anything else and I couldn't if I wanted to. He's just everything I wanted. You see? The gopis, the eternal associates of Krishna, every time they see Krishna, it's like the first time Every time they see him, when they blink, they actually curse their eyelids because they blink. I don't want to. I don't want to lose sight of you. But every time their eyes open, they see Krishna. It's like the very first time, fresh, crazy love. Yes. So you're talking. I have a question, but I'm going to explain where how it's going to get to the question. Most people become impersonalists because within their relationships in the material world, they're dissatisfied with the nature of, you know, with the relationships. Just like you talk about guru snatch a dollar, so then they lose faith in spiritual leaders. Yeah. Or then they grew up and their dad left them, or their, their guru fell down, or so many different things. So then their faiths are being crumpled by personalists. Therefore people become impersonalists. Yeah. Just saying God can't be like you and me because and we hear about Krishna, we hear how Krishna is all attractive, how he's all this and all that. But because we're conditioned, if one's conditioned with this type of material relationships, it still seems to affect how we perceive Krishna. How does it affect, like if somebody's, let's say somebody's born mother and father and they grew up and, it, you know, the you know stereotypical dad loves his kid and all these things. And somebody else grows up, but they just had a rough childhood, a rough life. How does how does one transgress or transcend all material conditionings based off material relationships, and, and versus somebody who has a uh, different upbringing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people. Have that's that. a good. That's an excellent question. And a lot of us fit into that category. I fit into that category over there. I had a a rotten childhood. It was. I mean, it was just rotten. Everything wrong that could go with my childhood was there. Abuse, child, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, poverty, fear, uncertainty, you know, all that. So, basically it comes down to the mercy. Um, and also we have to start to see through, um, we have to start stop seeing ourselves as the center of our world. As soon as we start to pursue God in a personal, loving way uh, and get a taste of His mercy, just a couple of drops, we can realize that, you know what, everything that I have experienced in my life has led me to this moment that I wouldn't change a thing because I wouldn't want to miss this bullseye, you know? I mean, I wouldn't change a thing, nothing. I wouldn't want it to be any better or any worse because it got me right here. You see, whatever suffering or whatever 
you know, Krishna also gave me great success when I got out on my own. So he gave me both sides. So I wouldn't want to change anything. A lot of people say, you know, I wish I'd started, I wish I'd have become a devotee when I was 12 and I'd have so much more. Well, maybe, but I don't know if I want to mess with it, you know, <clears throat> because I'm here, this moment. So out of his mercy, somehow or other, I always feel like I was at the right place at the right time. And Krishna said, I, I met one of Krishna's devotees, you see. I had no qualification. I didn't even really want God. Because by the time I met the devotees, and I had experimented with so many philosophies. I mean, every new one that I heard, I'd, oh, that's interesting. You got any books on that? I'd read, go to a couple of meetings and, you know, investigate. You know, this was the late 60s when I was into lots of other stories. <laughs> so, investigate, looking for so many, so many paths. You know, it's like they say in India, you know, that, that thing they say, Yatomat Patopat. Yatomat Tatopat. Yeah, that. So many destinations and so many paths. Yeah, that's, that's true. There are so many destinations and there are so many paths. But if you don't know your destination that you want, you don't know what path to take. And you don't know what to expect from the path. I mean, you could just go and choose a road and see where it takes you. If you've got time to kill on the weekend, you know, a lot of money for gas, you could just take off and say, oh, hey, this street here, let's go down that street and see where it takes us. And a lot of people pursue spiritual life like that. This is interesting. Let's check this out. And they go down this path and that path, and, and it's all fantastic but they don't have a destination. If you don't have a destination, you're not going to arrive anyplace. Because you don't know where you're going. You see? If I want to go to El Paso, I get on I-10 East. Not just go, if, I mean, I know, I want to go to El Paso. So I don't just wander around. Some people might say, well, you could, if it's not that important to get to El Paso. It's just kind of an idea. El Paso, or wherever I end up. Well, that's kind of fun, maybe for a weekend adventure or whatever, but for your spiritual life, for your spiritual life, some people take their spiritual life very seriously. You see? I want to I I control as much as possible what my outcome is going to be with this human body that I have. You see? So I want to know a path find a path. So I don't have time to figure out, well, did I, should, could my life have been better, or could, should I have done, you know, where would I be if I'd have had a good father? If I'd have had a father? I don't care. <laughs> did I get the short end of the stick? Heck, no. I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. I found Krishna. You see, it was all his mercy. Every bit that happened was his kind, loving mercy. It was all his embrace. You see, and by the mercy of his devotees, they said, hey, are you interested in spiritual life? I said, not really. At that time, by that time, I, I had come, overcome poverty. I had plenty of money. I had plenty of enjoyment. You know, plenty of people to date. 
plenty of everything. I was making good money and life looked really good. But they said, hey, have you ever heard of the Bhagavad Gita? And I said, well, yeah, I think I have. What's so special about it? It'll tell you who you are. And give you some idea of where you might want to go. Can you give a donation? Can I give a donation? Do you know who you're talking to? I got a roll of $100 bills in my pocket. Don't mind it. Give me the book. Here you go. What do you think of that? Well, that's really nice. Do you think you gave more? Yeah, here you go. So then I, I walked away and I thought, all right, I can't say it. Anyway, I can't say it, but I'm going to read it. So I started to read it. And then after a short time, I thought, you know, I want to find this guy. I, I got to... I gotta have a sit down with him. You know, I gotta I like this idea of Krishna. I, I've never thought of God like that. I always thought of God being someone that, you know, I I was taught uh, in my upbringing to be a good God fearing man. You know. I've heard heard people say, I'm a good God fearing man, I'm a Republican and a good God fearing man. Okay, so uh, somewhere along the way, I lost my fear of Krishna. I fear not having Krishna. It's just the opposite. Instead of fearing God, I fear what would what would be without Him. What would my life be without Him? And then I quickly, as soon as I have that shock of thinking, what would God? What would life be without Him? I immediately remember, I can never lose Him. I can never lose him. He's here, he's mine forever. He's yours, he's, he, he's everybody's forever. You see, he could be everybody's special. And everybody is special to him. Yes, Paul? Don't we have to experience lots of deaths in order to get to this? Lots of what? Lots of deaths, you know, like rebirths to get to this. That's pretty common because we're not, when we first come to the material world on our sojourn, we're really not convinced yet that, uh, that the material world is not a great place. And we start, to, we start to identify with whatever body that we have. And I am this particular body. I'm like the dogs around here. They're, this dog is convinced. It's convinced he's a dog. And you think, well, that's silly. He is a dog. No. That living entity right there is the same as me and the same as you. There's no difference. I'm convinced that I'm a human being. And so my faith in that is giving me this body. You see? The devotee of Krishna doesn't see the dog any different than the human being. The devotee, when he's walking down the street, avoids stepping on ants. You know? Why should I cause difficulty to these other living entities? because they may have some li limited consciousness or limited intelligence. Now I've got a bigger responsibility, you see? So, it takes us a long time to start to figure out who we are. That's what was attractive about the Bhagavad Gita. I wanted to find out my who I am. I, this self-realization idea, that sounds pretty good, you know? I'm saying that's a big step to surrender. I mean, that's the big thing, is surrendering yourself. 
Yeah, speak louder. Yeah, no, I say the, the big thing to me is to surrender yourself to God. That's like the big step. Yeah, I mean, it's also the hardest. Yeah, because it's releasing everything that we yeah. know or what our comfort zone is. Of the it goes against our material consciousness. Spiritual consciousness goes against material consciousness. And in material consciousness, I don't want to surrender to anybody. You know, it's like I've said before, it's got, it's surrender has got, in the material concept, has got such negative connotations. Because that's what you do when you're beat. You know, you surrender, you throw in the towel. You sign a contract then, and you negotiate. Like General Lee said, okay, I'll surrender, but can my men keep their rifles for hunting? And can they keep their, their horse for plowing? You know, and General Grant, by his mercy, said, okay, they can have this and they can have that. And, but they can't have that and they can't have this. You, you must give me your sword. And it was, he walked away, uh, humbled, disgraced. You know, um, Japan surrendered to the Allies after we dropped three nukes on them. Was it two? Two or three? Two? two? Yeah, and we dropped two nukes on them. And they said, okay, we surrender. That was disgraceful. It was horrible. So when we hear this word, we think, oh, surrender? I don't think so. But surrender, in the spiritual term, means loving surrender. What did lovers do? They surrender to one another. So Krishna wants you to surrender to him so that he can surrender to you. He wants that loving embrace. You see, he wants you to take the first step. He's taken the first step so many times and we missed it. We didn't see it. It was just like right over our head. So many opportunities we've had. That was kind of in more precise what my question is is that let's take for example Srila Prabhupada. He grew up in a Vaishnava family. He was a very loving you know, mother and father with <coughs> day one worshipping Radha and Krishna and out of love showed this is Radha and Krishna. And when we talk about you know developing loving relationships, if somebody's conditioned to see love as like I don't want love. <laughs> it's like what my experience of what love is like, you know. I'm talking yeah. about these conditionings and then to transport them into Krishna consciousness, how does those condi conditionings affect us when we come to Krishna consciousness and practicing, like you said, surrender is the hard part because we see, you know, surrender means nuclear bombs. Surrender yeah. means... Disgrace. Surrender means these things. So these conditionings, to apply them, how do we uh, change our conditioning so that we can, we can better, better advance in Krishna consciousness the best analogy I can think of, and I use this a lot um, because it makes sense, it's just like what if you lived in a part of the world and you'd never tasted sugar or anything sweet? No honey, no aguave nectar, nothing. Probably pretty healthy. Yeah, well, no, you'd be unhealthy <laughs> because Ayurveda says you need these things. So, but you'd never tasted them. And I'm trying to describe to you the taste of sugar. And you're like, what? What? Well, it's sweet, but what if we... So I'm, well, here, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't describe... You're just going to have to taste it. I've got some. Here, give it a shot. As soon as you taste it, as soon as the honey touches your tongue or the sugar or whatever, you say, oh, now I know. You've got to experience it, you see. 
So it's like uh, the proof is in the pudding. What is it like to surrender to God? What is the taste of, of, of supreme love? I can't explain it. There are no words in English that can explain it. How do you explain Krishna praying? Ultimate love of Godhead. How do you explain it in our limited English language? There aren't words. But you can share it. You see? You can share it. So, first of all, we have to find somebody who's experiencing some of this and get them to share it. If you want to taste sweet, you got to find somebody that has sweet and see if they can share it. Observe. Try to taste it. If you don't taste it, how much time do we have? When should I? Can I ask a question? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Let's let's get. I'm, I'm not looking your way. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, so the path. Um, if your path is love, how can it ever be love? Whether you call it Krishna or Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad, if your heart your sole purpose is love and to know more fully. Every moment's right. If my path is love. Yeah. So, okay, you just named a few paths. Which one of them takes you to supreme ultimate love? All of them. So if you're... Because God's unlimited. That, well, it's my mind that's limited. But he, he has so many destinations for you. You may have so many desires, different desires. What kind of love do you want? Well, the faith that love that will serve God the best. Ah, bingo, you hit it. Serving God is how, when you love somebody, you want to do something for them, isn't it? You know, I love you so much, oh gosh, I want to do something for you. Even better than that, before you tell me what you want, I'm going to figure out what you want, see? Like if somebody gives you a gift, and you open it and you think, this is exactly what I want, but I didn't tell anybody. You give me a clue here. <laughs> you thought so much of me to figure out what I want and the color and everything, just from knowing me. This is so flattering. So, devotional service to Krishna. Or, but, are we to believe that every path will take you there? Yeah, Krishna, it's Krishna has. He wouldn't well, leave anybody out. God if, loves everybody. Well, that's cool. true. He's but, not leaving nobody out. But if he's unlimited, he also has expansions. He also has personalities that are there that, that you don't approach. Like Lord Narayan is also Krishna, but you don't you don't put your arm around Lord Narayan. I used to play him. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. He has he yeah, has yeah. personality yeah. for those who want to worship him and honor reverence. Yeah. So if I say, but I'm going to go there and have ultimate love. No. Well, no, no. I mean, like, so if my if my path is love, then I'm like the beings that lived the life of love would be the wise choice. Exactly. In other words, if you know your destination, if you know what you want, then find a path that will take you there. Don't be attached to a destination and insist that it give you what you want. Figure out what you want. Be attached to that and follow a path that will take you there. So many people say like that. 
well, why can't I just do this? Or, you know, why can't I do a little of this and a little of that? No, no. Love is love. Love is love. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Love is love. No, so. well, there's different kinds of love. I'll give you, for, let me give you for instance. She was, I love that top. Where did you get that? I love the music. I love that lamp. Don't you love this weather? I love your house. And then I'm going to say to you, I love you. Well, wait a minute. Do you love me like the lamp or the, the music or the house? Well, so we tend, we have a tendency to fill it in ourselves. Oh, I think you mean you love me like this. Because I didn't really tell you. you. See? So love, I'm sorry, it's not love. And you know that. Come on. You, when somebody tells you, I love you, you wonder, well, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, what do you want? So, what are you expecting? So I mean from ultimate love, from God love, from um the love that you can't explain. It doesn't come in power. Yeah. It doesn't um come, you know, in in material. But it manifests in material because it brings you joy. Not because you need that, but because it makes your life easier to love me. Like, like, I love God, so you came here tonight, so you could you could bring more God to me, like that. Yeah. Because I said I want this room, and so you, we can have holy people come and talk. And you can see. And they came. And you can see. Like that, right? That's love. Yeah, holy people came, and I came too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? So I. I always have difficulties with people thinking that one aspect is better because I think that I think that if your heart um, wants to serve love, um, I think there's it's kind of like maybe college or kindergarten up the road levels of ability to experience. But I don't think that um, Christians are less holy than um, Krishnas. They're not, or Buddhists. They're not less holy. Or, or I don't think that anyone no. is actually better. No. I think wherever you your heart takes you to that place that is so filled with um, just goodness that can't be expressed that you tear because you get to walk the planet. Right. That's all that really matters. That's the kind of love. What I'm talking about is when you decide that I want the supreme love. I want the best love that I can have, eternal, unconditional, supreme love with the supreme lover. That's what now, I have, to, I have to say that I haven't seen, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I haven't seen any indication that Lord Jehovah has is offering that. I've read the Bible. I never saw that invitation to come you and You mean like Jesus? Jesus? The Father of Jesus. Okay. Jehovah. Okay. Yahweh really is his place. Jehovah is a mispronounce, mispronunciation of Yahweh. I'm not sold. I'm not sold that that's where I need to go to have this supreme love. I think I'm going to have an awe and reverential love affair with him. You see? So if I say, well, I'm going to follow that. I want Lord Jesus Christ to take me to his Father. I feel uncertain about that because I'm not looking for an awe and reverence. I'm looking for love. I want somebody that I can play with, hold hands with. You see, I, I want somebody that's so attractive that it just knocks me out every time I look at, I look at it. Somebody that's got a sense of humor. I want a God that, that likes to joke. You know, 
I want to spend my, I'm thinking about spending eternity with this guy. And a lot of people don't, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't think about, well, what's it going to be like with an eternal rate relationship? Once I get there, so, and I've asked people, once you get, once you achieve nirvana, what are you going to do? What's the next step? In nirvana? Yeah, You can't serve? What's, what are you going to serve? There's nothing there. Nirvana, nirvana is a Sanskrit word that means nothing, void. Zero, zip, nada, you're alone, there's nothing. That's the definition of the nirvana. A lot of people in the West think it means peace, joy. It means nirvana was Buddha's expression of a place to get away from the, the pains of this material world, the void, and go into the void. That's what... Uh, Lord Buddha, that was his, his direction. You go to nirvana. You're sick and tired of the material world, go to a place where it won't bother you. And that's great for people who want that. I'm thinking, once I get there, once I get to my eternal destination, I want somebody to be with. Somebody I just really think, oh boy, am I glad. You know, I want to look at Krishna and say, boy, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad to be with you. You know? Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's have some fun. Krishna says, great, let's have fun. Nobody can have fun like me. You know, because I'm Krishna. And then you can tell him, look, you know, Krishna, you're so up inside yourself. You really think you're something. Krishna says, yes, because I am. And you say, yeah, okay, you got that right. <laughs> you see what I mean? I want that kind of a relationship. Now, if I thought I could get that with Orion or someone else, I wouldn't be here. I'd be, I'd be there. So I, uh, I'm one of the fortunate people that was showed a destination that's achievable through a certain process. I'm just fortunate, you know, not any more intelligent, just very fortunate that I found out about that potential, that possible destination. I mean, I see. Is that okay? Yeah, it's good. Thank you. I see so many people that want to go <coughs> a, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I think you know, it's just like uh, it's just like if you meet somebody and you're starting to have a relationship with them, and you think, "Wow, I really, I'd like to be exclusive," and they're saying, "Well, that may be, but you know, you know I I want to spend time with her and." Her and you know, I just want you to be one of many. Well, to some people that might be acceptable. You see, some people want to take it to a higher level. You see, Krishna says uh, in, in a few verses in uh, in this seventh chapter, he said, "For one who worship who worships me exclusively." In other words, Krishna is saying. It's like you go out on a date and things have been looking pretty good and someone says to you, hey, I'd like to be exclusive. What does that mean? Well, that's like, what, you mean you want to go all the way with this? Like this is a really, this is the, the real thing? I mean, we're like in love and we're going to be like together? A, a, a real, Krishna, he makes that offer. If you, if, he's not saying, I'm going to turn you into a pillar of salt or burn you in hell if you don't. But if you do, if you'll worship me exclusively, I will deliver you from this world of suffering, this material world. 
I will deliver you personally. I'll take care of everything. You just say the word. I'm ready. I'm ready to make this serious. It's like he's opening a box and there's a ring in there. Really big ring. Yeah, so Krishna's... He's, we don't know it, but Krishna is trying to woo us at every moment. He's offering such enjoyment, such transcendental love, such an experience at every moment. He's trying to woo us. And if you look back, you'll say, wow, that's right. My experiences with this Krishna have always been like he's trying to attract me. You see? So, yes? I was just thinking about her um, comment or question about all paths lead to the same goal. And then I tried to, my mind was trying to wrap around like how this could be possible. Because like if I get on the freeway and I'm, and I don't know where I'm going, but I'm thinking everywhere it's just going to go the same. If I get on I-10 East or if I get on I-95 South or if I'm trying to, you know, it seems like I'm going to end up in all different places. Versus what she was talking about is the intention of to love. It seems like two separate things in your path. Like I could be having an, an intention to love, but if I'm going this way, I'm going that way, I'm ending up in two different places, even though my intention was, oh, I'm just doing this trip out of love. Seems like oh, two different subjects or two yeah. different But actually, things. Krishna says, you know, Krishna's he's the Supreme, and he sees <coughs> things that we can't understand. But uh, Arjuna asked Krishna, because Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita the impersonal path and the personal path. You can worship the impersonal Brahman, that's also me. You can also come to me and love it. So Arjuna, after hearing this, is like, hey, which one is better? So Krishna said, well, to me, the one who worships me in loving devotional service is more perfect. That's my opinion, Krishna says. But then he goes on to say, but you can achieve me even if you go the opposite way. Even if you go towards the, the light, ultimately, you will achieve it, ultimately. Then he says, but it's very, very difficult. You see? So the point is, you can follow all these paths, and you may get a tremendous amount of love from wherever it takes you. But is it going to be the kind of love where you, where you don't find yourself wondering, is there more? You see? So if we go, uh, if we achieve nirvanic liberation, if we achieve liberation into the impersonal Brahman, the Brahma Jyoti, into the light, is it satisfying? Are we going to get there and think, well, I think that there's more. You know, this is really great. This is fabulous, but I think there's more. I wonder if I could find something else. So then that, that yogi who has achieved that liberation comes back looking for more. And there's probably something could be, you never know. There's probably, I would say there's probably somebody here who's probably had uh, Ramon liberation and come back looking for something else, something better. It doesn't mean that you made a mistake. <coughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with it. We couldn't say, oh, you did it. No. This is a long journey that we're on through this material world, and it takes us a long time to figure out what do I want? Because I don't know what's all what all is available. Yeah. 
I don't know where these paths will take me. So I might, I would say most of most of us in this room have taken a lot of paths in previous births for us to have an exalted birth and life like we're having now. There's no, and we've probably chewed it and chewed it and chewed it and it's like chewing gum, you've chewed it and chewed it, there's no taste left. You know, we've, we've run the paths ragged and you know, now we're looking for something better. Yes. Somebody has a, oh, Mataji? Yeah. in the West a lot. Now people are realizing there's more than a path or two. Because, yes. you know, when I was growing up, you know, I'm old enough to remember, one advantage to old age is you get to, re you get to see history, and you can look back and see how things have changed. When I was growing up, there weren't that many choices. Until Srila Prabhupada came to America, right. you didn't have this choice. You didn't have anything as Eastern. I remember when we were, there was no yoga in America. There was no incense in America. When I became a vegetarian in the early <coughs> 70s, people thought I was an idiot. They thought, are you from another planet? Are you crazy? I was leading salesman in a national a national company, and they fired me because they, was a, they were afraid of having a vegetarian Hare Krishna to work for, even though I was bringing in more money than, every, than anybody. They just thought, we, we can't have, it was just too weird. It was off the planet, you see. Now, people in the West, in this country, are starting to realize there are lots of paths. It's like liberation. What we're trying to say is, let me show you a path, and here's the destination. Right. And from my experience of, of traveling around uh, 
not only the, North America, but Europe as well. There's so, well, even in India, today in India, the younger people. But uh, when I talk to people in these uh, uh, yoga ashrams, I'm, I speak a lot of yoga ashrams, and I say, what, what will you get when you achieve your path? What, when you achieve the destination, what will you get? They don't know. They no they haven't. More births. I know. They they haven't thought it through. No more births. Yeah, and then you say, okay, what will you do next? I don't want to do anything you next. Know? Well, but they haven't thought like that. They're thinking, <laughs> well, you mean do? There is. I can actually do stuff. I. You mean I can? Well, well, well I haven't gone that far. It, you know, I think part of it in the West also is everybody's not familiar with Krishna. And so when you merge at the feet of Krishna or you merge into the feet of Christ or whatever form that they have is the most holy to them in their, this is still a mental configuration. Yeah. And so when you merge in that particular form, you, you are really giving all your heart and your love and your devotion to it. Like, then that is your mission in life. Yeah. And you have accomplished your life's goal. Now, whether that means you will take no more births or whether that means you have already done a lot of good karma in this life and so your next life, you will probably be totally liberated because you've already made such strides in this life. Yeah. But as Krishna himself says in the Gita, that kind of birth is very hard to obtain. Yes. To be born in the home of pure and prosperous parents or even in the home of sages. Where there, your path is delineated for you and off yeah. you go and realize the truth. Therefore Krishna says, if you just offer me loving devotional service, right. offer me exclusively loving devotional now, service, you say you can I will deliver you. You, you can climb on my back and I'll carry you. I'll carry you there. Or you can do it yourself if you like. Krishna is so cocky. He knows he's the best. And he says, everybody's going to end up right here. No matter which path you take. It may take you a gazillion lifetimes. And ultimately, you know, millions of liberations. But you're going to be right here because I'm the best. Everybody wants love. And if you want the ultimate love, that's me. That's what Krishna's. That's Krishna's. So, Krishna doesn't twist anybody's arm. If you say, well, you know, my dear Lord, that sounds wonderful, but I'd rather be an atheist. Krishna says, oh, then let me help you. I'll give you the faith to be the very best atheist. He'll give you the faith to follow any path you want. Because he knows, ultimately, once you get tired of it, you're going to be right here. But he sends his devotees to help you get here quicker because he'd really like you to come back. But for love to be true love, you've got to choose him. He can't force you. So he's waiting for us to make the choice. Basically, that's it. So, so I should probably wrap it up. Huh? It's probably getting a little... I think she had a question. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. question, <coughs> I feel like I really heard what Laura was saying about, you know, regardless of what the path is, love is love. And, and I feel like I've met Buddhists, I've met a Kali worshiper, I've met Christians, I've met people of all different religions, and you know when they have it. Yeah. It 
smell, it's like a energy around the person. And I just want to just say that I hear you. Well, and, and, my and then I wanted to kind of comment to what Bill Paul said, how people come from different households and yeah, yeah. backgrounds. And my feeling is that's kind of what helps people find the path that fits them, you know? Some people who maybe came from a household where the father figure really didn't work for them, they're going to find a path where maybe the father figure isn't the focus, right? And they find it in that way. Yeah. Well, that's maybe why there are so many paths there's so many yeah. people. So the reason why there are many different paths is because there's so many different desires. We have so many different desires. There's a path for every desire that we can have. Uh, but because I have a desire, it's like when I was a child, I wanted to be a fireman. And then I changed, I wanted to be a cowboy. And then I wanted to be a soldier. Then I didn't want to go to Vietnam. I never wanted to be a soldier. And I, so you see what I mean? So my point is, just because I say, well, at this point, I want to be a this. If I don't have spiritual consciousness, I don't know what I want. I wanted to be so many different things. And I look back and I think, I was so foolish. <coughs> I was so silly. <coughs> so, and, and I know what you mean. You, when you find somebody that has this spiritual love, you can tell it. It's like they're wearing something, you know, like Jorge. I think of Jorge. Yes. I feel it. Bhakti. It's called Bhakti. Love of God. But, love is not love. There is, There are different degrees of love. Just to say that, well, love is love, you know, I wish I could agree with you. But I've just lived a long time, and I can tell you, that's not true. There are people who say, I love you, and you never know what they mean. Well, you won't feel it that Well, you can, you, can, you, can, you can accept and say, oh, this is wonderful, only to find out, well, you didn't mean all the way love, you see. Spiritual, spiritual love. Huh? That's their capacity at that time. If I'm really, truly um, connected, then I... Trust, I understand that that is their capacity to love at that moment, and that is what they have to offer. Okay, so and, I'll, and I'll go along That's with beautiful. that. But it's not what I was looking for. Right, but it's see? all they have, and they maybe. Yeah. So they weren't what I was looking for. Right, but maybe you're what they're they would, looking for. They would I'm be serving God, and it's my job to talk to yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> they they have the capacity to be a casual friend. Yes. And so casual friends it is. See, but you know. Love isn't love. There's so many different levels of love. I'm, I'm asking you to trust me on this. You know? And even when we find one we think has the highest love, there's one even higher. You know? Love of Godhead just expands tremendously. So. Yes.
me and my little mind. I want to respect what my karma is going to be so I can learn properly. I don't want to yeah. go too I don't I don't want to go too fast. I'm just talking for myself. Yeah. So sometimes I wonder, I'm like, well what's the rush to want to go directly there if I haven't even learned all the lessons that I have to learn? Well, uh, I can't speak for you. Speaking for myself, I, I want I want uh, all of Krishna that I can get, and I want it now. I want it all, and I want it now. You see, because I'm afraid that I'm going to forget. I'm a, I don't know if I take another birth. Even if I if I'm born a human being in a wealthy family of devotees, you know, pure devotees, I might be attracted to who knows what. <coughs> I may drop the ball. I've done it before. I might do it again, and I don't want to take that chance. So I, I'd like to check out of this place. I've had enough of the material world, of material consciousness. You see, I've had enough. I feel like I'm an old soul that's been here a long time, and I just, I can't find anything. The only thing pleasurable that I've ever found in this material world is spreading Krishna consciousness. You see, so I don't want to forget Krishna. So I don't want to. I don't want to take another birth. I don't want to roll the dice. It's just that important to me. So, and and as we feel like that, we start to give up our material attachments. When we give up our material attachments and take on spiritual attachments, then we are in a hurry. We do. We want it. We want it now. It's like if you win the lottery. When do you want to get paid? <laughs> as soon as I can get it. It's like, you know, if you if you call the state and say, hey, I just, I've got the winning number for this $300 million lottery, they'll say, okay, when do you want your money? I say, well, yesterday would have been fine. I don't say, well, you know, there's really not any hurry. Maybe five months, a year. Take your time. No. If it's really that great, I want it now. position of you and all living entities when you're liberated is that you're sat-chit-ananda, eternal, full of knowledge, you know everything, and full of bliss. So if I'm going to know everything once I'm liberated and free from this limited material mind, then what do I have to learn here? What do I think I can learn? And, and if I can escape whatever karma is left, and go straight on to eternal bliss and knowledge, then why, why would I want to stay here and get beat up by my karma? The only reason is, is I still have some attraction to the material world. Well, not necessarily. If I'm doing devotional work, and I'm, uh, I mean, I'm in association with the bodies, that also counts, right? I mean, yeah. you, you, you get you get some, um, some benefit from that, yeah. and that follows you in the next life. 
Yeah, but I'm afraid to take another life. I'm afraid I might goof it up. I've got free will and I might misuse it because I've done it before. I want to get back as soon as possible. Now that I know what's there, and it gets to the point where the devotee doesn't really care if he goes back to God as long as he can remember Krishna. But well, that's what I'm talking the, the about. The Prophet said, no, you should you should want to go back home back to God. If Krishna says, I would rather you stay in the material world and preach, then then I will say, okay, very good. But for me to go to Krishna and say, oh, Krishna, I want to stay in the material world and preach, that's not devotional service. Devotional service is, my dear Lord, what, what do you want? I want to do, and he may say, I want you to come home and be with me. Or he may say, I would like you to go to hell. I'd like you to go to the hellish planets and, and spread Krishna consciousness. And you say, oh, that is wonderful, very good. But I just want to never forget you. But if what I'm thinking, like if I'm following what you say, if what I'm thinking is, I want to get out of here as quickly as possible and go to Krishna as quickly as possible, this is what I want. Right? Yeah. It's my desire of okay, I don't want to live any consequences anymore, I'm tired, I just wanna go. Yeah. Right? Well I mean, what I was talking about is just to respect what the karma is and like and and I might be misunderstanding. Well what if Krishna karma. says, Oh, okay, karma? Yeah, you've got a lot of karma coming. Okay, it's gone. If he says well, if he says that he says that he's well, that's Krishna, what he's saying, right? That's what he's saying. You just surrender to me, perform loving devotional service, and I will deliver you. I'll take care of everything. I'll, I'll pick up the check. Whatever you owe, I'll pick up the tab. You see? If that's what you want. He's not going to beg us. He's just making the offer. Some people will say, my dear Lord, I'm so attracted to you. That's what I want. Others will say, hey, you know, that's really nice of you, and I... I, I hope they keep that offer warm because I may want it next week or next month, but not today. I don't. I'm not ready to surrender today. I'm not. I'm not ready to give it up. I still have some faith in the material world. I think I can do it. I think I can make. I think I can make this work. You know. I think I can. Some fame and profit and the great wine and the you know the whole thing. I, I think that I can enjoy this. And Krishna says, okay, then I see that you have faith in the material energy. Let me help you with that. Here's more faith. Not only that, since you have no potency to do anything on your own anyway, let me give you the potency. Let me give you the energy to pursue it. Because you're going to be right back here. It may take you a million years, but you're going to be right back here. There's nothing greater than me. There's nothing like me. And I know that. I'm Krishna. I don't have to scare you or intimidate you. I'd love it if you would choose me right now. But you have to have free will to choose or reject me. Otherwise, it's not true love. True love means I have the right to walk away. Otherwise, I'm a prisoner. There's no taste in that. Krishna has no taste in keeping prisoners. You've got to choose him. You've got to seek him out. You've got to flatter him. This is a, a supreme relationship, you see. You try to romance him. Try to attract him. 
and then he'll run towards you. But as far as him trying to force you, he's not going to do that. You know? And if you still, or any of us, if we still have some attraction to the material energy, then he'll let us stay here as long as we want. And he'll give us all facility to try to enjoy it. And if you want to go down that path over there or that path over there, he might even say, hey, you want this path or that path? I just came up with another path. Would you like that one? As a matter of fact, i got more paths than you can imagine. Hmm. So you give me a desire, and I'll give you a path to it. But if it's Krishna giving me the path, then how is it, how is it not being with Krishna? He's giving you the path even if you want to go away from him. All these paths lead away from him. But he's giving you the path. Because you want it. Because he loves you. He loves you. Because you're still with him. Right. But you don't waiting, know it. And he's the waiting only for, secret is you don't know, but you're still with him. That's what we're trying to figure. We're trying correct? to we're trying to teach people that Krishna loves you, and all you have to do is turn and face him and say, "I want you." And he says, "Hey, here's the path. It's only about two feet. This is the shortest path you'll ever walk." You say you say to Krishna and mean it from your heart, "I love you," and he'll jump in your lap. He says, "Say it again." That was really sweet. Krishna actually says, you don't know how long I've waited for you to say that. This is really serious business to Krishna. He's a mushy kind of guy. He actually says that to the living entity. When you turn to him, Krishna says, you don't know how many billions of years I have waited to hear that. This is huge to Krishna. It's not like Oh, okay, if you like, you can call this. No, this is huge. Krishna's, oh. Yeah. So, you want me. I've always wanted you. Now that you want me. As a matter of fact, my hand has been outstretched to you for eternity. It's always been there. Even when you were trying to go do this, or trying to go do, or when you wanted to be an atheist, still, I was like, I wasn't offended. Now I'm not angry. Krishna doesn't have any doubts that he's God. And he doesn't have any doubts that he's the most desirable. He's just waiting for us to want him. So, whatever path we choose doesn't mean we're any less. However, when we choose that path of having him, we may look back at our other choices and say, what was I thinking? What was I looking for? I've done that to myself. What on earth were you trying to get from the material energy? So, with that thought in mind, I say that to other living entities. What is it that you're looking for? It'll all, it'll all get around to supreme love. in every living entity, because that's our nature. That's what we're really truly made of. We're, it's all about it. We would rather have love than anything. We'd have, rather have love than wealth. You know, love than health. You know, we, we, there's a game that I've played that takes a long time that, where people get, you, you deduct that, yeah, that's the most important thing to me. Supreme love. Yeah, I'd rather have that than anything. So, so that's what Krishna is offering. Supreme love. 
And I don't hear that. You can say, well, but if I want to become a Buddhist, Lord Buddha never said that. I've read the vows of Amida Buddha. Buddha never says, if you come to me, you'll have supreme love. I am the supreme lover. Who says it? Muhammad? Search on the internet. Google it. Who says it? I'll give you the answer. None of them. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying they're false. They're there for certain desires. But when you say, I just, I just want love in my life, Krishna says, yeah? Somebody just say my name? Because I'm the guy. And he comes right up and says, I'm the supreme personality of Godhead. I am the reservoir of love. One of his names is Govinda, the one who gives pleasure to the cows and devotees. He's the giver of pleasure. He's also called the reservoir of pleasure. You see. I mean, he, he advertises it. I, no, I haven't heard that anywhere else. And when I found that out about Krishna, I thought, this is the guy for me. <laughs> so we better wrap it up. I think everybody's starting to turn into it. Oh, did you have a question? Well, we have a Govinda Jaya Jaya for the real one. Oh, are we, am I cutting it short? Am I keeping you from singing? Oh, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, on that note, we have a Govinda Jaya Jaya. Govinda Jaya Jaya. I can't wait to hear you sing Govinda Jaya. <laughs> 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 I have my own transportation, so 